In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible gives us many different pictures of God. There is God the Creator who speaks things into being. There is God who is light. God who is the Good Shepherd. And today, our gospel reading introduces us to God as a farmer. I am the true vine, says Jesus, and my father is the fruit farmer, or gardener, or vine grower, depending on what translation you have. If we think of a vineyard today, or of any fruit farm for that matter, it's pretty obvious that the one thing that's the most important for the owner, for the farmer managing that uh, fruit farm, is that it's fruitful. A fruit farmer wants a healthy and abundant harvest. A magnificent display of bare branches or or just vines with lots of leaves and no fruit is of no use to anyone. Indeed, a vine that doesn't produce fruit is ultimately useless, unless you just want shade, I suppose, and would have to be cut down and thrown away. And, of course, a vine that yields a little fruit needs to produce more. And so the vine grower has two distinct roles. One is to get rid of the non-fruit-bearing branches, and the other is to prune those that are bearing fruit. And this picture, of course, is an analogy for us this morning, and it's very pertinent to us, to the church. Clearly in the church at large, and I dare say here at Ascension also, there are genuine fruit-bearing Christians and There are non-fruit-bearing folks. There are branches in the vine that appear to be part of the one true vine, part of being connected to Christ, but actually are not, are just dead. There are folks in the church who appear to be members of Christ, and yet at the end of the day, it will finally be demonstrated that they were not with Christ at all. And so the church may have people who are members, who may even come to church every Sunday, but who are bearing no fruit. But what of it? Does it really matter? And uh, if so, what can we do about it? Well, I think it absolutely matters, for Jesus is very straightforward, uh, saying that bearing much fruit is what we who follow him are meant to do. Now, having said that, I want to add a word of caution we must be careful lest we be tempted to kind of look around the room this morning and say, ah, well, that looks like a dead branch over there, so we better send that one away. No, that's not our job. Indeed, I celebrate the fact that the church can and should be a place where all kinds of people can come to belong. I certainly hope that that is and always will be the case here at Church of the Ascension. And of course, in time, we hope and we pray that those who come to belong will also come to believe and to know God and to believe in the things of the faith. And, and then in time, that they may also come to behave in ways that someone who belongs and believes does, that they would bear much good fruit. But there does need to be that movement, if you like, from belonging to believing to behaving into bearing fruit. For if there's no such progression, then eventually the lifeless branches will be lopped off. But that's God's job. But having said that, 
I think we should heed the warning that is there from Jesus that one day judgment will come and Jesus will be that judge. But I want to turn now to the other role of the the vine uh, grower, which is that of pruning. So not only is the dead wood cleared out, but those that are the branches that are bearing fruit are pruned to bear more. And God is not content to let the genuine branches that are grafted into Jesus the vine just sit there and kind of look pretty with a few grapes on them. My father, the vine grower, says Jesus, prunes every branch that bears fruit to to make it bear more fruit. Now, I'm no gardener, but pruning to be effective can often be pretty drastic. I'm sure if you've driven past a, a vineyard before it's in leaf and the grapes are growing and it's been pruned, it looks like nothing could ever grow there again. So kind of shrunk back is everything, but making way for that new growth. And likewise, a healthy Christian needs regular pruning. How easy it is to become flabby and ineffective, and I I don't just mean physically, um, but how easy it is for us to retreat perhaps behind the safe walls of the church or our homes or our work or our money or whatever it might be that actually prevents us from bearing good fruit. And what is this fruit? Well, you are attentive, and so are the children. This good fruit, of course, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the gentleness and kindness and faithfulness and self-control. And then immediately following this passage in John's Gospel, we hear Jesus saying, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This, then, is the fruit that should come from branches, from people that are connected to Jesus. And this is the fruit, the fruit of love and all those other things that others should be seeing in those of us who profess to follow Christ. Now, we know also, as well as commanding us to love one another, Jesus also commissioned us to tell other people about him. And so another uh, fruit of a healthy vine is, of course, a bumper harvest. Or in church terms, one sign of a healthy church is a growing church where people are coming to know Jesus maybe for the first time or where their faith in Christ is being deepened or renewed. And every Christian is called to share with others the good news of Christ. But how? Because I'm sure most of you have heard this before. How are we to do this? Well, in order to answer that question, I want to shift our focus for a moment to our reading from the book of Acts and that encounter that Philip had uh, with the man in his chariot. The man reading his Bible in the chariot on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza had become stuck in his reading. He didn't understand what it was and he needed some help. And I think it's worth mentioning as an aside that Uh, No matter how spiritually inquiring or interested people may be, whether they are young or old, a work colleague or a neighbor, they're not likely to come to Christ entirely by themselves just by reading a Christian book or reading the Bible. They could, but that's not the norm. Typically, folks need someone to explain to them something about Jesus Christ. So, you know, simply walking on the golf course or observing the beauty of God's creation is not likely to lead a person to encounter the story of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. No, 
for a person to encounter that, someone has to tell them. And this morning I want, and it will be brief, even though there are five points, so don't panic, um, five things that we can learn from this reading from Acts about how we can tell our friends and neighbours about Jesus Christ. So first, and they all begin with M, bit corny I know, but there it is. First, there needs to be a messenger. Just as Philip was a messenger for the chariot rider, Jesus charges us to be his messengers. Second point, a messenger needs a message. The Christian message of good news has definite content. It's not some vague message about some God somewhere. It's not just about spirituality. It's about a particular God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we learn from Philip in verse 35, he proclaimed to him, the man in the chariot, the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this, even when you share with people you work with or people that you're talking to about your faith, do you speak about Jesus or do you just talk about your faith or your church or God? Now, there's nothing wrong with any of that. That's all good stuff. But we must not forget the particularity of our Christian faith. For our faith is centered on a person, on Jesus and our church is a, is a church which is one expression of the body of Christ. And our God is the God who has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we are to be messengers who bring a specific message. And our third M is for movement. Philip was prepared to move. Our reading began with God telling Philip to get up and go. And he did precisely that. He got up and went. Then when Philip saw the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot approaching, he ran after it. Philip didn't expect the Ethiopian to stop and ask him if he wanted a ride. He didn't complain that he didn't have a a horse to, to catch up with the chariot. Instead, he did what he could with what he had. He used his two legs and he ran and he, he went up to that chariot. Our task as Christians today is to rise to the challenges and opportunities that we find ourselves in. Now, that's not to say that we change the message, but we do have to be ready, perhaps, to change the method. And that's my fourth point. If we are going to be effective messengers, then we need an effective method of getting the message across. You know, I can stand in this pulpit and preach wonderful words, and they might all be very sound and very good and very biblical, But if the communication doesn't reach you, then it's just a lot of words. And it's like that when we tell other people about Jesus. It's not so much about getting everything right as it is about connecting with them so that they can hear and receive what it is we have to share with them. Interestingly, if you look at how Philip went about this, you see that he started with where the fellow was at. This man had lots of questions. He was keen to find out more about what he was reading. And I think there's a good uh, thing for us to notice there. That's what we need to do is to start where people are at. And of course, you may encounter people who are vehemently opposed to matters of faith. Or you may have friends who really couldn't care less. I mean, you do your church thing and I I do my thing and we're all fine. Or you may have friends who are actually really interested to know more. 
and who would love to have you talk to them. Are you ready to do that? Do we have a method that is capable of responding to where people are at? You know, it goes without saying that there are far more people in Pittsburgh today who are not in church than, than there are than those who are. And that's not just because of the marathon. So we can't just sit here and say, well, the doors are open. We're very friendly. You can come on in. Well, yes, but we need to do more than that. And actually, that's one of the reasons that, you know, Josh started uh, Pub Club last year. And it's part of the reason why uh, we're starting our Faith and Reason series at the Sharp Edge Pub tonight, uh, down the road in Friendship, rather than having it in the parish hall. If you want to come, join us, 6 o'clock tonight at the pub. And you don't even need to have a friend who's an Ethiopian eunuch to come. Um, But do bring a friend who, who might be willing to come to the pub, but they're not yet ready to come and sit here. Of course, Philip's first encounter with this Ethiopian man started not by attending a church program, but with a conversation. And that is the place where we can all start. And so the challenge I'd like to throw out this morning is this. For you this week, and I hear it myself, uh, for the encounters and opportunities that we may have, take hold of them and have a conversation about Jesus. You know, sometimes I kind of get just a little bit jealous of uh, many of you who, who actually don't work in a church. Now, I'm not suggesting that your jobs are easier than mine, not at all, but It's just that for me, most of the people I rub shoulders with, in my work at least, um, are already Christians. But I guess that for many of you, that's not the case. Are you willing to engage with the people that you live with or work with or encounter about Jesus? And as I said a minute ago, it turns out in this instance that we've been looking at from Acts, this man in his chariot had all kinds of questions that he wanted answers to. And so Philip starts right there. And that's where we can start. For me, whether it's I'm getting my hair cut or whether it's someone I I engage wherever else it might be or for you at work or whatever. What are those questions? How will you respond? You may not always have the answer to a question that someone might ask you, but that's okay. Okay. The very fact that you're willing to engage with someone, the willing, you're willing to listen to what they're actually asking rather than give them some prepackaged thing is a good thing. And we can always, with God's help, share with others something about Jesus. And that's what, of course, Philip did. Well, my final M this morning is for mandate. It is Jesus himself who gives us the mandate to share the gospel with others. Sometimes we call this the Great Commission. The very last thing Jesus did before ascending into heaven was tell his disciples, go therefore into all the world, baptizing, proclaiming the gospel, teaching people. And I want you to remember this also. God doesn't just give us this task and say, right, you're on your own, off you go. He helps us. It was the Holy Spirit who urged Philip to go and find this guy in his chariot. And it is the Holy Spirit who still today prompts us and helps us to speak for him. And he will equip us for that task.
God, I am convinced, wants us to be a church that is growing. A church that is growing deeper and more fruitful in those things of the spirit that we talked about. A church that is bearing much good fruit. A church that is a place where people are abiding in Christ. In verse 5 he read, those who abide in me, those who stay close to Jesus, and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can't do this. Bearing this fruit of love and joy and peace, sharing your faith with others, doesn't come by, by kind of trying harder and, and kind of beating ourselves up about it. It comes out of the relationship that we have with Jesus. It kind of overflows from that. You know, when you see someone who is madly in love, typically, you know, they don't have to tell you about it and explain how I really do like this person. And I really think, you know, it's kind of obvious. It overflows. And I think the same is true for us when we are abiding in Christ. Even when there may be chaos in your life or at work, there's something very, very powerful about that. And someone will say, I don't get it. How come this or that or the other and then you have a way to talk to them I want to close with two questions first are you bearing much fruit you know sometimes I think we have to start by facing the brutal facts what evidence is there in my life in in your life that we're Christians I can't answer that for you, but you can answer that before God. And the second question is this. Whether you are bearing a lot of fruit or a little, are you willing to be pruned? You see, so far we, in our analogy, we've had this inanimate vineyard, and you go around with this, the secateurs. You, know, what do you, you don't call that in America, do you? What do you call those clippers? Anyway, whatever you chop them with. Okay, that's fine. That's an inanimate object. But what about us? You see, I don't think typically God, I want to be careful here because I think sometimes he might, but I don't think typically God prunes us against our will. He might, but unfortunately, you know, if you want to just turn your back on God and say, well, I'm, you're not having that bit of my life. I'm not, I'm not going to let you near that. I'm doing this. I deserve it. I've earned it. Whatever, whatever, whatever then we can carry on getting choked down and not bearing good fruit. And it may be that for some of us, drastic pruning is required, or maybe it's just a few things that we've been hiding from God that need to be brought into the light and need to be taken care of. Don't separate yourself from his care, even when his care might be a little bit uncomfortable. If we are truly to abide in Christ and he in us, then I believe we have to lay ourselves open to be vulnerable before him, that he may call us to do what he would have us do, and that we would allow him to shape us, mold us, yes, and even prune us. I pray that God in his loving mercy would indeed prune each one of us so that we may bear much good fruit to the honor and glory of his name. Amen.